again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Albarigo, schoolandertalk.com. Allie, great morning, sir. Hey, good to you as well. How's the weather by you? A little cold? A little cold. I'm, I'm actually here at the, the studio because I'm in transit. So I just got done with a program that I teach um, at a school, and then uh, I got to leave here probably in 40 minutes. So, you know, we're going to obviously do this call. We talked about this already. We're going to do the call a little yeah. shorter. But then, uh, um, yeah, and then I got another program I got to do. But I'm here at the studio, and I found out that the uh, – uh, and I the, the, the plumber's coming in right now. The, my um, – uh, what's call it is not working. The heater isn't working. So I'll let you take it over for right now. I'm going to show yeah, you. Yeah. Are we right are we live on on Facebook yet? I oh, don't yeah. know if it picked yep. up. Okay, because oh, I don't yeah. see it on my end. So I, uh, that's great. Okay, I'll I'll take it real quick. Go do what you got to do. Come come back in a minute. All right. I'm going to mute you. All right. Great. So anybody. So anyway, everybody out there. Um, that are on our call and that may listen to this at a later date. We wanted to, Dwayne and I wanted to talk about, you know, basically, uh, you know, having a thick skin, the internet, uh, you know, social media, and uh, what we have to deal with as school owners to, uh, you know, to be able to get through that or business owners. Because now, you know, um, when I first opened, there there really wasn't social media. I mean, obviously, there there was the Internet, but it wasn't what it is today. Facebook wasn't around. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't really, uh, you know, as prevalent as far as everybody posting everything that they feel and know on uh, social media and basically, uh, you know, putting it all out there for you. You know, they uh, you can have an opinion that could run rampant that might not be favorable in your in your uh, you know opinion uh, favorable for you that maybe hurts you as far as um, you know uh, I don't know getting getting negative publicity or negative information out there and uh, you know then now you're basically. Uh, fighting this off and having to deal with that. And, you know, you have to deal with all the negativity that goes along with it. So um, anyway, so I, I have some suggestions and I, and I have to admit, um, you know, this is a topic that I struggle with on a daily basis. You know, that's something that I also deal with on a daily basis. And I'm looking away um, for some of you that are watching live on Facebook. Um, there's an empty seat there. Dwayne, Dwayne just left and he didn't switch it to just one monitor, but it's a one empty seat. So uh, Dwayne will be back. But anyway, so, uh, oh, there you are, Dwayne. Switch the monitor. <laughs> you heard that? <laughs> You're muted still. Um, anyway, so, um, so yeah, so, so I deal with this on a daily basis. So, so I'm going to give you an example. I had, um, I had a situation where, we we had a family that their child was training with me, and the grandparents brought the child in, and uh, they didn't have their the kid didn't have their complete uniform. So I mentioned it to the grandparents. Um, and long story short, uh, they they basically got annoyed at me because I had asked if the child had the completion of their, which is a T-shirt that goes under their uniform. And um, and then the kid got upset because they saw how the parents grandparents reacted, and um, the kid got upset. So then they were mad at me, angry with me. They went back. Um, as they were leaving, they said, you lost yourself a client. They went back and told the parents. The father came in, um, got very angry with me, and um, you know, said I made the child cry and how dare I do that, which was never my intention, nor did I, nor did I actually do it. it was, it's interesting because um, 
uh, it really wasn't because of my question. It was because of the way that grandparents reacted and uh, how, how, how they blew it out of proportion. Anyway, long story short, they've been on the Internet, you know, going on Yelp. They've been on Facebook. They even went on to my Amazon reviews, and they, and they put a negative review on one of my books. How dare – how could you buy a book from somebody who would make children cry? Like, I'm like the big – bad guy you know and and listen there's people have opinions you know that's the the great thing about life is that everyone has a difference of, of opinion i may be one flavor of ice cream while another person may be another flavor of ice cream and you know they may or may not love me or hate me whatever the case may be but that's why there's so many different varieties of people out there anyway long story short you have to deal with these things so how how do you do it and the, and the real topic is you know how do we actually keep going how do we not let this affect us? How do we not let this bother us? How do we not let this, uh, you know, hurt our feelings? And that's the hard part because I know as a martial arts school owner, um, this is my baby. I've been doing this for 27 years. It's still my baby. I, you know, I, I want people deep down inside to love what I do, um, love the lessons we give, love the building that we built, love our lobby, love our instruction, love our curriculum, you know, and I want them to be happy and satisfied. Um, what people don't realize sometimes is that, you know, we're doing our best as business owners, as school owners, to give the best product we know possible, right? Yet there, there's that whole sense of um, entitlement and also a sense of a disconnection in this day and age where everyone feels like they are the consumer, the school is the product or, or the, the seller, and uh, they want what they want, right? And they, this is where it gets a little esoteric for me. It's not necessarily um, it's not necessarily a straightforward exchange. Like in other words, they pay you tuition, you give them a prepackaged lesson because everything is different. Every student is different. They learn at a different rate. They learn at a different mentality. They learn at a different uh, you know uh, a different way. So we as teachers are continuously, continuously. Um, changing the way we teach that specific that specific individual so we're working with them right so we're we're creating a personal connection with them you know we do teach the group as a mass but every connection is individualized with that one student that's out there so we would hope as and i know i would hope that there'd be some loyalty and dedication and and you know respect for that and that our lessons would be appreciated right and then when it's not or they look at it, the consumer, as just a transaction. It's bothersome to me. Um, I know some of you out there, you probably feel the same way. And then there are others out there that are probably elevated to a higher level of understanding when it comes to business that they're able to separate the two, right? They're able to say, okay, I gave them the service. This is, I'm, I make coffee, uh, you know, hand them their cup of coffee, Right. And um, they they like it or they don't like it. If if they don't like it, I can maybe sweeten it a little, put some creamer in it, change some of the flavors like Starbucks does. And, you know, custom companies like that, making the tailoring it for them and their experience. However, if they just don't like it, they're not going to come back. And I don't know. Some of them probably would go on the Internet and bash the company or bash the company, you know, the service or bash the quality. Um, and people love to do that these days, uh, but I don't see like Starbucks retaliating going, well, you know, it's, it's your coffee, you ordered it and ha you know, that's it. And, and not getting personally attached to it. Although I believe the martial arts to be a little bit different than that, you know, where we do get personally attached, where we do get, um, you know, get that feeling where, you know, our feelings get hurt because we're going out of our way to really make it special. 
right? So um, that, that – oh, Dwayne's back. All right, good to see you. <laughs> and I've been able to listen to you the whole time. Yeah. I just okay. – uh, okay. So you kind of hear yeah. where I was going with a lot of it. So anyway, so um, – so yeah, so it is a personal thing. I was talking to people about, you know, it's our ba- it's our baby, it's our business, and it's personal. So it's hard sometimes to disconnect from that, uh, you know. And uh, you know, because we're human, you know, we have feelings as well. Even though that we can maybe act as professional as possible, be as clinical as possible, um, but things that are said have to bother you, you know, at times, and or else you're not human. So how do you isolate yourself from these things? And, you know, it's just like anything else. I, I, I was on one of these uh, posts on Facebook today, and I wrote a comment, you know, about uh, the political, uh, you know, uh, organization in our area. And I wrote, I spelled the word Manhattan incorrectly. You could go, join. I can handle it. Um, and, uh, yeah, just leave it on. You're, um, you're, you're still, still on sound there, Dwayne. Um, but anyway, so... So anyway, with this going, and, and, you know, I wrote the word, I spelt the word Manhattan wrong. I was typing really quick, and right away he started throwing insults at me. How do I not know how to spell? I must be illiterate and ignorant. And, uh, and, and I, really, I really wish the person was in front of me because it would be so nice to just be able to punch someone in the nose, showing them, you know, superiority and going, oh, how tough are you really now when there's no keyboard between you? Or, you know, uh, you know, when you see me in person, you see that I'm a human and you're trashing my business and my family and, and hurting my livelihood. Um, if you saw me in person, would you act the same way? And probably most of the people, 80% of the people would, wouldn't do that. But with the internet, there's such a very, very, you know, um, di- such a large disconnect between reality that it's very easy for someone to just trash someone and be negative. So, yeah, but, so right, they don't so, have to be filtered. They don't have to be filtered. Exactly. You know? uh, I can tell you that when I first started, everything bothered me. Uh, it wouldn't matter. I mean, a kid would quit, yeah. and it would bother me. Uh, yeah. Even if they just were disinterested, it was my fault. You know, that's I took right. that on as it was my fault. Whether the parents said that or not, whether they implied it or not, didn't matter. That's why I took it on. I will tell you, yeah. the biggest thing for me has been, uh, unfortunately, time. That I've had to go through things and deal with people and deal with situations. Um, and I hate even to use this word, but but uh, been calloused to right. a certain degree. And, yeah. you know, my, my, one of my mentors a long time ago said, and this was uh, Professor Hafner, you know, he said that uh, you have to learn how to be immune to criticism. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that you ignore um, what people say. I mean, you do genuinely take in uh, good, constructive criticism, but you have to learn how to be immune to criticism. And I guess I didn't really know what that meant. And I think now what it really means is I have to – put in perspective what that other individual is saying in totality. And, and if I can, try to put myself in their shoes and see it from their position. Whether they're wrong or right, um, I, I need to do that just so that I understand where they're coming from. And, but it's kind of like, you know, our employees, right? Our employees see a picture of a picture, and, and they, they're only privy to this much information, right, where we as the school owners, and I'm going off screen here, right, we're privy to this much information. And so when right. we, um, you know, when we see things and make a decision, we're doing it from a perspective that's different than right. what our, what our um, you know, what our employees can see. And, and 
that's the same thing that's happening with regards to a lot of, I think, our students or par- and our parents is that, you know, we don't see what they see. And so it's limiting our perspective. And so we kind of have to put ourselves in their shoes uh, to a certain degree. We don't have to necessarily agree with them in the end. That's okay. But we really do need to do that twofold. One, so that we can honestly see where they're coming from. But two, also, and probably even just as important, is so they they know that we're empathetic to their plight. Whether or not right. we agree with it, we're at least empathetic to that plight, which, by the way, is very difficult for me because I do not have a lot of empathy. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just, I, 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 I don't. It's like, you know, look, suck it up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that doesn't always work. You know, that's not always delivered correctly. Even though that is my natural response, I have to work hard not to do that. Unfortunately, I do a pretty decent job with my students and parents and even uh, employees compared to what I do with my family because I, I, I don't, unfortunately, I, I, I don't do those same things with them. I am like suck it up and I shouldn't be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I get it. And, and you know, you're right, though. I mean, hey, listen, you could, you could um, you know, have a business and say it's my way or the highway all day long, and people will either love you or hate you, right? Um, you probably would get more people to hate you than love you at that point. However, I think that as school owners, being that we teach martial arts, it's slightly different than selling widgets or coffee or whatever, because um, there's so many levels to it, right? For example, um, I recently was on, I made a video and I put it up on Instagram and, and I checked the comments and there's a, there's a young kid writes, uh, the reason why I quit this school was because of the, the head, the owner. Me, me. And I look at it and I go like, this kid just hadn't been in class for the last two months, so I didn't realize he had quit. He was a black belt with me, trained with me for 13, 14 years, somewhere around there. And um, that's the first time I'm heard, I heard of it. You know, I thought we had a relationship. He was on my website and we always laughed and got along as far as I thought. But yet now I find out that he's quitting and he hates me. He doesn't like me anymore. Um, and, and, and I get it. I, I understand. So anyway, I blocked him. I deleted his tweet uh, or his post and uh, I moved on. But it bothers me because it's personal. I thought I had a relationship. However, um, I realize, you know, like this, you know, what can I do? Like, what did I do all those years that was wrong? I, I know I constantly push my students. I constantly um, push them where they feel uncomfortable because that's what I believe my job is as an instructor is to always make them go further than they think that they could go, you know, and people don't always like that. I always say you could push your students push them to become excellent, or you may just push them away. Either way, it's an attempt by us as martial art instructors is to push them to a level that they didn't know they could get. I think people love to become comfortable, and they like to stay within their comfortability, and they like to live within that realm. And and that's what we do in human nature. We build a beautiful house, and if we could stay in it, we would, and we feel safe in it, and so on. That's why people get so freaked out when people break in and, and into their home they you know they 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 get rid of all that you know comfort for them that they don't feel safe anymore people once that happens right so anyway long story short i mean we try to go on and move on and not let that affect us but it does to some extent right and and it's hurtful and and you know but we have to we have to learn like you said to become you know it used to take me a year to get over it. Then it took me six months, right? And then, you know, I'd be talking about it for a year. Then now it's, you know, now it's only a few weeks or a few months, depending on the level 
that I feel I invested in how I feel, you know, that, uh, you know, that I was involved with that particular person. Um, you know, if it was someone who met me today and quit tomorrow, I could get over it like that. I'd be over it by the next day. But if it's someone that I had around me for 15 years, I feel like they're like a part of my family. And then all of a sudden they're gone and then they talk negatively and, and so on. It bothers you. So you got, you got to be careful at how you react to it because it could affect how you react to other people as well, the good people, right? Yeah, and you – it's very difficult to change, I think, that other person's perspective. And I'll kind of give you a for instance. I had a meeting on Monday. Yeah, it was an impromptu meeting with a parent. Um, their mm-hmm. child did not did not pass the first pretest for their black belt testing cycle, so that pushes right. them off six months. You know, just right. it just does. And – you know, she thought that things were unfair, that, you know, her kid was going to be behind the eight ball anyways. She brought up a, a, a point, which I'm still trying to process and understand. I had an instructor that had been with me. At, let's see, the kid started with me, I think, when he was four or five. He left as an instructor. I think he started working for me when he was 15 or 16, and, and uh, he's now 20. So mm-hmm. he worked for me a good good five, six years, but been a student forever, right? Right. Well, you know, he decided to go to a different direction in his life. This wasn't what he was going to do, which not everybody does, right? Right. And um, everybody was sad to see him go. Well, I tell you that backstory because she brought him up, and she says, you know, ever, ever since, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Kent left, it seems like, you know, things are falling apart here. It's just different. And I go, well, what do you mean falling apart? Right. And, 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 you know, so I had to kind of uh, unpack that for her. Nothing's falling apart. And, you know, I let go. I let a uh, my program director here go. Uh, so that's another change this year. Um, but nothing's falling apart. The, uh, the training on the floor is the exact same training. I mean, a different instructor. Um, so maybe that's part of it. But it doesn't, it doesn't diminish the training whatsoever. In fact, this instructor can now blossom because that other instructor is gone. Right. Uh, and that's the way it always happens. Nobody steps on the toe of the, the head instructor of that class. The assistants right. don't step over them. They, they stay right. contained, you know, until the one moves away. And so, you know, it hurt my feelings to know that she felt that way, but I had to try to, and I'm still wrestling with some of the, the things that she said, um, to try to understand them, and I asked for clarity on a few things and what have you. I bring that up to say that I think it's – I'm going to go back to the statement that I said before. It's really important to try to unpack those things, whether I agree with her or not. Um, He failed the test, didn't meet the requirements. Um, I don't believe that that he got an unfair shake. I don't believe that my instructor gave him an unfair – or was he was disadvantaged because my instructor had it out for him when he right. tested him, you know, because he he couldn't come to the uh, the actual pretest of that day. He had to do a private one because his parents were out of town that day, um, you know. And she even brought that up that mm-hmm. uh, well, it's my fault. He could have went to the actual pretest and you would have tested him. Right. Well, it still right. doesn't mean that he would have passed and and. You know, had and had and and I, you know, really, I, I didn't even test him, so I couldn't even elaborate on what he missed or didn't miss, because how it works here is when you test, if you pass or don't pass, either way, you meet with the with the uh, 
the instructor that tested you, and they give you the sheet. They go over what you need to work on. And if you didn't pass, they go over with with you what you need to work on in order to pass next time. Yeah. Don't see. I didn't see the sheet. Don't feel like a need. I don't need to see the sheet. I trust, you know, Master Bean to right. to make the right decisions. And so, any all that to say, she was not happy. She actually wanted to pull him out of here. Her husband was the one that said, "No, don't do that," which I was appreciative. But unbeknownst to me, she was so angry with me for the past. Well, let's see. That was back in September, and this is now December. So those past months, no wonder I haven't seen her. And she even told me, she goes, I don't even come in. I stay in the car because I don't even want to be in here. Yeah. Well, it's so, you know, hey, listen, we've all lived what you just lived, and I've lived it numerous times. So I get exactly what you're saying and how you feel and what went on. And I I come to the realization, you know, that that, um, it's perception, right? So it's about, you know, it's people. And and basically – Perception is reality. It just may not be our reality. It might be their reality, right? So it's uh, their perception is their reality, and they will see and feel and and hear what they want to hear based on their perception. That's really the key. So so no matter what you say or do, they're feeling it for whatever reason. And by the way, sometimes that reason very well could be that they um, they're trying to find a way to justify why they feel the way they feel. So the easiest way for them to do that would obviously be to blame someone, blame something, or blame, you know, uh, uh, some sort of deficit. So in other words, um, you know, yes, there's been change. That instructor at your school left. Yes, the program manager left. So now their, their stability or maybe their, you know, their foundation has been rocked a little. So right away they're not comfortable and they want to blame everything on that, when in reality, life is about change. Life is about new stuff. And that's the one thing I find interesting is that we as instructors in a martial arts school have uh, a set person there forever, right? However, in school, you go to school for like eight months, and then you graduate, and you have a new teacher the following year. And when you get into higher level elementary school, uh, I mean, higher than elementary middle school or junior high, we call it, or high school, you have eight teachers a day, You know, and my daughter's in college. She has all different professors. And then semester ends. It's only four months long, and she's got a new set of people. They're not going like, oh, my God, I want to quit college because I don't have the same professor. They're used to this mindset. I think that we give them such a stable environment when anything changes. Like me, one of my instructors that I had quit my school, opened up his own school, and um, it rocked the foundation of the school. People were quitting. You know, it's not the same since he's not there. Of course it's not. He's not there. Obviously, it's not the same. But you have to trust in me as a school owner that I'm going to give you the same quality of instructor, same quality of service. I'm going to pay attention to you just like I did before when I put him in place, right? And, uh, and when I put him in place, people complained about him, and they were like, oh, he's not the same as the other guy that was there before him. And I'm constantly, as school owners, we battle this on a regular basis. So it's about shifting that perspective, isn't it? And getting them to trust us enough to be able to just say, Mr. Brummett, Master Brummett knows best. He wouldn't do this, and, and he wouldn't hold my son back. He wouldn't put a new instructor in if it wasn't the right thing for us, right? Uh, it, it, yeah, I agree. And there, there was even a, a few statements that she made that um, – she said that I said, and gosh, I hope I didn't say those things. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I really have a hard. I now I didn't. 
you know, when she brought him up, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I apologize. I'm like, I'm so sorry that I said that. You know, if that came out of my mouth, um, you know, because basically it was about, you know, her, uh, her son getting into our storm team, a special team of role models. Right. And I apparently, apparently said, you know, um, not every black belt is a teacher. And so not, so that means that, you know, just because you're a black belt doesn't mean that you're going to be uh, on my storm team. I, I, I don't remember saying anything like that. I'm, I, but gosh, if I did, that was so stupid of me, right? But, but um, no, I don't know. Is it though? Is, is it like, uh, I mean, do you say not every, not every black belt is a, you know, not every black belt or not every student is going to become an executive. Not every student is going to have a, get a, a you know, they, they graduate in accounting. Not every one of them is going to be an accountant. I mean, I, I know, I know we live in this society where our word, and that's another thing that we are held to a higher standard, right? So like, our words are taken so literally. Like, I've made jokes before in class where I was just joking. Like, you know, and, I, and, and people take it so much to heart because it's coming from me. I'm the head instructor, and, and, they, and they look at me in this kind of almost like semi-kind of cautious way. So I, I couldn't have a sense of humor. I couldn't be making a joke. I must have been insulting them, hurting their feelings, talking negatively. And, you know, so people see things the way they want to see it. Sadly, though, it's hard when you run a company, run a business, you're the head guy. Um, you may have said that, but it might have been a good thing. It might have been a motivational thing, in my opinion. Maybe you said not everyone is capable of being a teacher, so you got to work super hard to become that, you know, and so on well, and so and forth. If, if that were the only statement, see, I, I'm, I'm assuming that if I did say that, that I qualified it with things prior to it. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and yeah. So, but I, I don't remember actually saying that. Now, do I believe that? Certainly I do. So could that have rolled off of my mouth? Yeah, potentially, but I think I would have qualified those statements with, with building it up with something else first. Right, you know, it right. is. It's just, it's just, it's a, it's a, we deal with, with people. I don't mean deal. I, I, that's probably the wrong terminology. You know, we get the opportunity to work with people on a one-to-one and a one-to-ten and a one-to-thirty-to basis. And, and yeah. um, you know, we're in a profession, especially if you have children in the school, you're in a profession that, you know, you're dealing with somebody's most important or precious gift, and that's their child. And they're yeah. going to do everything possible to, um, you know, protect that child. Yeah. Which, hey, great, but you know, sometimes, uh, and and again, this has nothing to do with with the uh, last thing that we just talked about. So when I say this statement, it, if anybody's listening in my school, don't put these two next to each other, all right? Because it has nothing to do with this parent that I was just talking about. But right, um, you know, the fact that. Uh, I forget what I was going to say. It doesn't matter now. Good. Well, I didn't even say yeah, it. It, it. Well, you know what, though? I, I, I know where you're going because you were, you're kind of like, you know, um, you're, you're – and by the way, I, I got to make, it, make a, you know, an excuse for you and other instructors and I that, you know, we are only human. So we will make mistakes as well. So, again, being held to that higher standard – um, we can make mistakes. You know, there's an old saying that, you know, I love JFK said, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you could do for your country. And, you know, 20 years ago, one, one day I was walking into my building and I opened my front door and I heard this really hissing, loud hissing sound. Right. 
And um, I took a step into the building only to be an ankle deep in water. It was the middle of winter. My pipe froze and the pipe sprayed and it was spraying through the wall from my front offices all the way to my training floor was under like three inches of water, right? So, of course, I'm trying to shut the thing off and it wouldn't shut off. So I kick a hole through the wall, rip the pipe and bend it so I'm able to crimp it so the water stops, call the water authority. Anyway, I bring it up because within hours, I must have had 15 of my students there, vacuums, vacuuming out water, cleaning up, drying, heat dryers. Everything was like being taken care of, like immediately. I didn't have to ask, right? Nowadays, it's interesting because I, I recently, about a year ago, I had, um, I had to bring mats to a performance that my students were performing at, my demo team, at a dinner that they won the grand championship in, and they got the honor and privilege of being in the demonstration of the dinner and I couldn't get the mats there. I drive a Camaro. My trunk is like this big, you know? So I said to the parents, can you bring the mats? Can someone help me? And they're like, no one has any time, you know, to help. Or I said, well, I can't get the mats there. So if we want to perform on mats, we need to get someone to bring it there. If we don't, we'll perform without the mats. I don't know what to tell you. Some of the parents wrote me a letter. One of the parents in specific wrote me a letter at how I should have rented a truck. How dare I ask them to, you know, to bring the mats. It's my school. It's my demo team. It's my performance. It's me. I'm being promoted by my team. I should feel privileged. I should feel honored. I, and I'm going like, really? Like years ago, all I would have had to say my, I need mats there. Boom. They would have been brought there by 30 different people. Right. You know, so the entitlement mindset nowadays is a little bit different and people don't see this as a family. They don't see it as, you know, uh, um, you know, and I'm not saying everyone I'm trying. I'm not being negative because there are those great people out there that do. Um, and there were parents that chimed in and brought those mats that that went out of their way to do it. But it was how people perceived it and they see it differently these days. And that's the frustrating part for me is that, um, you know, we live in this society where, you know, things have been become depersonalized, if that makes any sense. Paul wrote, unbelievable, isn't it? And Paul deals with this sometimes as well. You know, I mean, he's a young, young school owner, and he's thrust into this, and he comes from this culture and this generation. However, he's teaching and giving his heart and soul to his students, and sometimes he gets kicked in the teeth. In fact, he brought people to my tournament, all the way from Michigan to my tournament, students, and they got mad at him um, because he didn't pay enough attention to them and really, you know, go out of his way to make sure that they felt like they were superstars. He was busy with other things. So people really, they look at it and they go, hey, I, you know, I deserve this and that. And, and then if they don't like it, they're going to go on Facebook and give us a one-star review or say, hey, the reason why I quit is because this instructor was a jerk. Meanwhile, he brought me up to black belt. He changed my life. He changed who I am. None of that stuff got thought about. You know, so anyway, Lewis wrote, the value of what we do isn't respected as it once was. And and maybe that's our fault. And we're running out of time, so we're doing a quick call. But it's all about educating not only the children, the students, the active people on our floor, but educating the parents. I just wrote a blog. I was up at 4 in the morning. Couldn't sleep because sometimes things run through my head. So I wake up, I'm, you know, wide awake. And I wrote a thing called Ninja Parenting Tips, six parenting tips. And um, it was all about, you know, uh, how to become the best parent. And it's not always about quantity. It's about quality. It's not always about being in everything. It's about, and it's about being hard on our children and expecting more from them. They'll love you more in the end for that than they would not. You know, it's not about giving them toys. It's about giving them love. It's not about being a parent. It's about parenting the, the child, right? So it's an interesting blog post. I'll post it up on our uh, on our thing here. If I can, I can, for some reason I can't see the comments on the page or get into the actual post, which is weird. But um, 
It's I OE. Posted, what's that? It's OE. OE. It's OE. OE what? It's operator error. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> like, when I, I can't even see. Like, I'm seeing the comments right now, Dwayne, on the live video, but I'm not seeing it on our Facebook. Like, I can't even get in and make a comment on our Facebook live. Gotcha. Um, but uh, I'm going to put it in. I'm going to send it to you right now. Maybe you could post it in there. Okay. Uh, it's, All right. Paul, my, Paul said the, he said it was a very good blog. He shared it with uh, uh, his parents. Oh, cool. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. But, yeah, it's all about, you know, it's about – hey, listen, the thing is I, I have a daughter. She's in college. You know, Dwayne, you met her. And um, I was – I sheltered this girl her whole life. I watched I, – I made sure that she watched the shows I wanted her to see. I, I didn't let her go on the Internet. I made sure that she hung out with the friends I wanted her to hang out with. And I brought her up in this kind of, you know, sheltered world. And I was nervous when she went away to college. She'd be prepared. Thank God she's very good. She's flourishing over there. Um, but I was a little nervous. Like, is she going to be naive or is she going to be, you know, able to live in college by herself because she's never been on her own and she's doing well. But a lot of it had to do with how I raised her. But, I mean, you have to sometimes be tough on your kids. They, they don't – they love that and appreciate it. They might not at this moment, but they will in the long run. But um, anyway, that's really about it. So give some quick suggestions and we'll wrap up the call, uh, you know, about, you know, how do we not let, I know Paul and I are talking tomorrow um, in reference to uh, some issues that he had with, with Yelp. You know, they, they take all his positive reviews and they kick them to the bottom of the page and they always show the negative reviews. Um, you know, why? Like, you know, it's kind of an extortion that they do. You know, they, they want to, their algorithm wants to show the negative unless you're an advertiser, unless you run with them and do advertising. So, right, anyway, right. you know, so, uh, so Paul and I are going to talk about some strategies on how to overcome that. But, um, yeah, so anyway, that, that's my, my, my thoughts. Like, you know, how, how, what are your thoughts on how do you, you know, how do you deal with it? Yeah, well, first off, understand that uh, we, uh, um, we are we are not the cure all for everybody. We are not um, everybody's cup of tea. We will right. not always see eye to eye on things. With that being said, though, this is our business, and things need to happen in our business the way that we want them to happen. Mm-hmm. And so there there will be individuals that will uh, like it, and it won't even feel like complying. There'll be individuals that will comply but silently complain. Mm. And then there, there are going to be those individuals that will uh, obviously outright complain, which is nice if they better than, than the next group here that I'm going to say. But, you know, if they outrightly complain to you, at least you can hopefully try to see it from their perspective and then educate them on maybe a bigger picture and why X, Y, or Z or ABC is happening. And then lastly, you have those individuals that, um, you know, don't uh, outwardly complain, but they are complaining and they become a cancer and you have to let them go. Yeah. Um, and so knowing that there's about four stages or four different types of individuals in your, in your studio, I, I hate to say it at all times, but almost at all times, and just trying to find the, the first two um, at least, and trying to win over the third to become maybe, you know, one of the first two and get, getting rid of as quickly as possible the last last group, unfortunately. 
Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that whole concept that Professor Hafner taught me and, and shared with me, I should say, I think life has taught me, but had I not been able, if I had not had that phrase, I don't know that I would have been able to recognize it. And that is being immune to criticism and understanding what it is to be immune to criticism. Yeah. That's a tough one though, dude. And, and I, and I'm working on it and I'm still doing it. I, I think that I, I'd be better off if I was up in my tiny little house hidden in the mountains of Omaha or Montana and, you know, not having to deal with it all. But if I had access to the Internet, I'd still be, uh, you know, dealing with it because people, you know, you, you just deal at, as you have more, you know, more exposure. The more out there you are, the more chance you are gonna, that are going to be critiqued. Like I, I once asked, um, you know, uh, the, my student who is a brother of Chris Angel, the magician, who is like one of the worst, mo, mo, uh, most world renowned. Uh, most world-renowned, incredible ma- magicians in the, on the planet, how they deal with stress. And he says, my brother just doesn't read it or listen to it. He doesn't deal with it. It's like, you know, what are you going to do? Is he going to change his magic performance because a few haters are hating or even thousands when you're dealing with millions of people? Like, I, I sometimes find it interesting at how that happens. And, you know, um, it's a shame, but that's part of the society we live in nowadays. We're exposed to a lot of it, you know, and uh, we have to have a thick skin and we can't let it bother us and really upset us. Well, we have to know how to cope. And and if if not even entertaining it, like, you know, Chris Angel doesn't even entertain the idea, right? Uh, right. One of the, I think, I and some people would call that a cop-out. I actually think that it's I, – I actually do do that to the best of my ability unless I have to have a one-on-one conversation with somebody at the studio or whatever. I, I totally ignore everything else that I possibly can ignore because, um, you know, and it, it, I have I've had people inbox me before on Facebook even, you know, after these, uh, these um, uh, podcasts, you know, which I've shared – you know, some of those with you on uh, been inboxed by people that, you know, disagree or don't like me or whatever. And, you know, it'd be one thing if I can legitimately say, yeah, I did this person wrong and they shouldn't like me. Right. And maybe I'm naive to the, maybe I'm naive to the fact that I did do something. Um, But until I can actually believe that, I just, I ignore things. Yeah, and you know how it is, too, and I must admit, uh, you know, and I have it right on my desk. It says complacency breeds contempt, right? So, uh, you know, and it, and I'll use this as a perfect example. I, you know, I just – Nicole's probably listening. I think she is. And uh, we just got engaged the other day. You were just telling me before, you know, congratulations and so on. And, um, you know, so it, it'd be funny, like, you know, when you first meet, you over, you know, you overlook everything, right? You know, like, oh, that person snorts when they laugh or they snore in their sleep or they, you know, they do this or do that. And, and uh, it's cute, right? And as you get to know each other and time wears on, you're like, oh my God, he's snoring again. Oh my God, he, you know, they're doing this again. And we start to, it bothers us because we become complacent. We're not as happy uh, and I, I shouldn't say that we're not as um, tolerant because we're not blissfully happy because of the newness, right? So, like, I had a woman in my – I had a school in Port Jeff Station, and um, and there was a woman there who would always sit, and when new parents came in, she'd always get their ear, always complain 
talk about the negative. She'd say things like, oh, look, there's some, they don't even clean. You see, there's a spider web up in the corner. Like, and then, then when eventually I just got tired of riding an hour to get to the school and, and staffing it and so on, I, I basically took all the students and I said, you could go and train at my friend's school, which is right around the corner. And I ended up closing the school down. And she, she wrote me this big, long letter at how upset she was and how, how mad did it, it, she was. And I said, you know what? A lot of it has to do with you. You've never been a big proponent of helping the school, promoting the school. In fact, when new people came in, all you did was complain. Whenever we did anything, you complained. I got a letter from her one time. This is the greatest. And it said, you know, I'm very upset um, that you're doing stuff that has nothing to do with, with ninjutsu, like throwing stars, those stupid Chinese stars. That's not ninjutsu. And I'm like, I thought she was joking, but I realized it was ignorance. I go, you do realize that's the classical ninja weapon, right? And people love that, and you're complaining that your kid's getting to do it? What the heck? So complacency breeds contempt. So they're sitting, they get used to you. Now they're, they're starting to tell you how to run your floor. They're starting to tell you. I had a mom who said to me about a year ago, uh, you're not doing the technique right. I'm, I'm like, are you sure? Like, I don't get it. How do you know? Have you ever done the martial art of ninjutsu? Did you travel to Japan 17 times? How can you tell me? Well, I've done, I've seen martial arts, and that's just not right. I'm like, oh, my God. I don't ever, I told her, <laughs> I, don't even want, I don't even want you sitting in my lobby anymore. I want you to sit outside in the parking lot. And if you don't like it, go, go elsewhere. Right? And, and they did. They did go to my other students uh, that, that quit and opened up his own school. They're there training now. But you know what? I'm happy because I don't want them infecting the other people, right, and, and being negative. And you know what? I might not be their cup of tea. I, they might not like me for whatever reason. They may think that I'm not a, you know, I'm an inferior teacher. Um, but that's part of life, though. We have to get used to it. And, and sadly, though, it's, you know, it's hard to sometimes deal with it as an owner. And it's, uh, this is why we're doing this call um, that's out there. And uh, so anyone, does anyone have any comments on that? Dwayne, do you have any more comments on that? Or? I, I was just going to quickly say that, you know, it, it is normal to feel that way. I think when you don't I, – I, I think the feelings diminish over time because you, 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 you get, you get callous to a certain degree. But I think if you lose, um, if you lose that feeling of being disappointed or, uh, what have you, I, I, I think it might be time to bow out. So I think it is still a good thing that, you know, after for you 25, 26 years, whatever it's been, you know, me almost 20 years, um, of, of this school. I mean, I've been teaching a little bit longer than that, but just the school. Um, if we don't still have those same feelings, then, then we, we probably need to hang it up because we're, we're not going to be any good to our students. So I, I, I just want to say that it's normal. Um, try to, as much as possible, be immune to criticism. Un uncover what's happening, like the real uh, reason that they're feeling these things, maybe not the surface-level feeling that they give you. Ask a lot of questions and ask for confirmation on statements because sometimes they, they'll they say something and because of their perspective, they mean X when we actually hear Y. And I'll tell right. you, the longer the longer that I'm living, the 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 more and more I, I believe that communication, clear communication is the key. And I don't know that necessarily that I do a great job of it. Um, and now I can see why, you know, when I've listened to other speakers and listened to other mentors um, lay the groundwork before they actually deliver whatever it is they deliver, I, I now know why the groundwork has to be laid before they deliver it because not everybody is 
thinking and seeing everything the same way that they are. And I always thought, my gosh, I know what the heck you're talking about. Just get to the point. And then I thought sometimes that was just marketing. Like they're just trying to hype it up. And then, and then I come to realize that, yeah, maybe it is partially marketing, but more than that, it's actually laying the groundwork for the the two or three statements that they're going to deliver later on. Yeah. But without laying that groundwork, those two or three statements really won't be as impactful. And so I guess that's my final uh, Yeah, and, and, and I'll, I'll add on to that, and it'll be my final thought on this too. Even with the thought that you have clear communication, um, you're probably not communicating clearly. However, you could have different levels of quality of communication, but perception is reality, right? So, um, you know, there, you know, we talked about this and I talk about it in my book. You could have 50 different shades of blue on a piece of paper and you and I might say, Hey, we're best of friends because you like blue and I like blue. You know, like I got a little blue in my shirt. You got a little blue on, I don't know, it might be black, but. Um, but you know what I mean? And, and you're like, wow, we're on the same page. You and I both even like the color blue. Meanwhile, you could be the lightest shade of blue, which is almost white. And I could be the darkest shade of blue, which is almost black. And even though that we believe to be on the same page, we're so far from each other, it's quite shocking. So um, that's where, you know, I, I would think that, you know, when we communicate, people hear you, but they hear you based on their education, their mindset and their perspective at that moment, right? So, um, you know, that's why sometimes when you do have a meeting, it's always good to set a second meeting so that you could clarify it or a third meeting to even go over to make sure you're truly on the same page. Because I, I always use the Rocky movie as an example, Rocky 1, where he's at the end, he's walking with this girl, um, and he's giving her a speech, and he's telling her all about, you know, these things in life, and if she keeps on doing what she's doing, she's going to get in trouble. And after he's all done, she gets to her house, she goes inside, and he's feeling real proud that he communicated with her. And he's like, wow, this is great. Like, I touched her life. And as he turns around and walks about 20 steps, she goes, hey, Rock. And, and he turns around, and he looks at her, and she goes, screw you. And he thought he connected. He thought that speech connected. He thought that he was helping her. And then she was like, screw you, Rocky, you know, because her perception was not at all right. what he had thought. So um, if people could see that, by the way, you know, um, being on the Internet and, and the negativity that's out there, there, we could talk about this another time. There are strategies to bury negative reviews and put positive reviews and get positive reviews because people see the massive reviews as the quality of what you are rather than one negative review because everyone gets a negative one or two or three people. Um, and, you know, competition sometimes spoofs reviews and talks negatively to ruin their competition's business. So there's a lot going on out there when it comes to the Internet. So we could always talk about that at a later date. But my goal for school owners is not to let them be destroyed by words and, and actions by some the few. Remember, for every negative person, there's probably 25, 30 positive people that really love you. Right. And then lastly, I was going to quickly say, because i got to go, um, is yeah. that uh, – um, uh, when speaking to a parent, your common ground is that kid. So just make right. sure that they know that you are an advocate for that kid. You obviously don't love them like their parents do, but, but they need to know that you're on the same page as them. And Absolutely. You want the best for their kid. It's so. one team. All right, dude. Yep. Great yep. talking to you. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Have a great day. Until next week. Bye, guys. All right. Take care, everyone. See you later.